Well, I don't even know where to start. Uh, what a six hours, seven hours of action that was. Syracuse football demolished 45 nothing against the USF in the Boca Raton Bowl. But Syracuse basketball picks up a win, 70, sorry, 83-71 against Niagara. So one and one on the day. Syracuse won earlier in basketball, but I mean, we, we got to start with that disaster of a football game that we all just watched. Welcome into our Orange Fizz Instant Reaction. I'm Adam Gacken. If you want to give your thoughts, click that request to speak button and we'll get you on here on this Instant Reaction. But I mean, just everything that could have gone wrong in that football game pretty much went wrong. I don't know the last time I've watched a football game and just thought to myself, I could be doing so many better things right now. I mean, even during like the Boston college game, it was at least close. It was kind of fun. Same with the pick game. This was just a total disaster. I mean, I don't know what I just watched the wildcats. When you're down by 40 points in the fourth quarter, why, what was the point of it? What was the play calling? It made absolutely no sense to me. No sense. USF is one of the worst defenses in the country. One of the worst pass defenses in the country, to be more specific. And you have 139 passing yards all game long. And it wasn't like the running was working. 20 rushing yards. 2-0. That's all. All game long. 20. LaQuinn Allen. 20 attempts for two yards. Again, uh, let me repeat that because it, it is truly jarring to hear. LaQuinn Allen, 20 attempts for two yards. That's an average of, of 0.1 yards per carry, by the way. How? How, how is that possible? He had one, one rush for six yards, and that was his biggest carry. How can LaQuinn not get a carry? That goes for more than six yards. It's absolutely wild. I mean, I mean, what in the world did we just watch? And the thing is, is I don't, I don't feel like I can take really anything away from it because this is a completely different team that we'll see on the field next year. And at the end of the day, I don't think anyone's heartbroken about the fact that you don't win the Boca Raton Bowl. I mean, yeah, you don't want to lose 45 nothing, but it's the Boca Raton Bowl between 6-6 six and six Syracuse and 6-6 six and six South Florida. I don't think anyone cares. So, yes, you would have wanted to win. You would have wanted to maybe not lose by 45 points, but there is literally nothing to gain by winning that game and absolutely nothing to lose by losing that game. It's just pure, just bleh. Like, I don't care. There, there's no reason for me to care about that football game. Nothing happens that you lost. You don't gain anything. I don't think these recruits that we're watching are going to now be thinking, uh-oh, you know, I don't want to come to Syracuse because they just lost 45 nothing to South Florida. That doesn't matter. I mean, I mean, we tagged here. We didn't even tag him. I just said, said in a tweet earlier, you know, I, I said, hey, we get King Joseph Edwards soon. Everything will be okay, right? And he responded saying absolutely with two orange emojis. He's still coming. 
Kyle McCord is still coming. I mean, hey, if anything, look like Kyle McCord is having a great time on the sidelines with Aranda Gadsden. He's getting to know his future teammates, maybe. I mean, it looks like Gadsden might be coming back. So that's a positive, isn't it? Uh, out, of, out of everything today, the biggest takeaway from this football game to me might honestly be that it looks like Kyle McCord and Aranda Gadsden are getting along and Gadsden might be coming back because that's what's most important in this football game. Did not matter whatsoever. If you have any thoughts on this football game, then request to speak. We can talk about it. Breaking it down is just so hard to do because, again, it means nothing. But there, there was a game that did mean something earlier today for Syracuse. And that was the basketball win, 83-71 to 71 over Niagara. And that's not a good scoreline against this Niagara team. Niagara is one of the worst teams in college basketball this year, and they're a team that you should beat by more than 12. And it was a weird game because Syracuse dominated from start to finish. I mean, there was no point in that game outside of maybe the first five minutes when um, Bumbleo, or however you say his last name, the uh, guy who had 26 points, made six threes for Niagara, was shooting all of these at the start of the game where, like, uh-oh, you know, this, this could be bad. Niagara was up 13-12 with eight minutes into the game. But after that, there was no point where you were really ever thinking, oh, no, Syracuse could lose this game because the Orange were obviously the better team from start to finish. And it was never even to a point where you were like, oh, my gosh, yes, Syracuse is a better team, but Niagara might have a chance. At, at all times, you knew Syracuse was going to win that game, but they just never pulled away. And that was what was so frustrating. And I think that, at least for me, my hope going into that game was that this team was going to pull away and that this team was going to dominate and play a really good game. Because you come off of a win against Oregon, you got a lot of momentum. You just beat a Pac-12 team, and yes, a Pac-12 team without their starting big men and that's dealing with a lot of injuries, and it's not a great Pac-12 team but you're still coming off of a Power 5 win. And you got ACC play up next. Finish the non-conference strong. Beat Niagara by 30 points. Run them out the gym. But no, you beat them by 12, and you don't look great in the process. Everything with this team this year for me starts with J.J. Starling. Three for nine from the field today. One for five from three. Turned the ball over twice. That's just not going to cut it. That's just not good enough on a game-to-game basis. And after how well he played against Oregon, and, and after how, how well he's kind of been playing you know, that, that game against Georgetown, you were hoping, okay, J.J., let's keep the momentum going. Make your threes. Make your shots. But no, you go three and not, three for nine against Niagara. And it just doesn't feel great moving forward. I mean, yeah, Naheem McLeod out there for 13 minutes against another seven-footer. Against a guy who's seven feet tall, didn't play any college basketball his freshman year because he was over 300 pounds because he wanted to play football at first. And you can't score any points against him? I mean, shouldn't Naheem McLeod be dominating against other seven-footers? If he struggles against a guy who's six foot nine and is really fast and's got a lot of agility in the post, okay, that's not his style. That's not the type of guy that you expect him to dominate against because that guy's faster than him. Nate McLeod was going up against another seven footer, and he had no points. At what point do you fully just say we can't put him on the floor? 
mean, I said over a month ago, is it time to push the panic button? Yes. It is way past the time to push the panic button on Naheem McLeod. How is he still starting? How, how is he still in the starting lineup? What does Naheem McLeod bring to this team where you can say, you know what? Hey, let's let's keep this guy as a starter. Why not? Why? He's he's not working. This team does not look good when he's on the floor. So what else do you do? I, I mean, it it's got to be either Kadir Copeland or Malik Brown. Those are your two other choices for who's going to step in and be a starter because it can't be Kyle Cuff. You're not playing three guards the whole game. Can't be near him. You haven't seen him enough, and it can't be Benny Williams right now. I, I, I mean, it's got to be Malik Brown, right? He had a great game today, double-double, first of the season, his second career, 15 points, 10 rebounds, and also had a couple assists. He was perfect from the field, went 6 for 6, which is impressive. But I, I wouldn't hate a, switching it up even more. Taking Justin Taylor out of the lineup, yes, he finished with 11 points, but got a couple of those at the very end, and he kind of struggled all throughout the game. How would how would you all listening think about a lineup of Judah Mintz, J.J. Starling, Chris Bell, Kadir Copeland, and Malik Brown? I mean, just fully push the pace. You have that shooter still with Chris Bell, and, and that's going to be a fun, fast style of basketball. And I think that that's what you got to just fully dive into if you're the Syracuse team this year because – Naheem McLeod's not working. And Justin Taylor just isn't really working as well. I mean, points-wise, per minute, he's way below the guys like Malik Brown and Kadir Copeland. He might be below Benny Williams, too, if not close, but not that far off. What is Justin Taylor doing that that has to keep him in the starting lineup above a Kadir Copeland? or above a Malik Brown. I, I understand if you're talking about Copeland and you say, we want this burst of energy off the bench, and if that's going to be your, your your reasoning, I kind of get it. But still, you'd rather have that burst of energy to start the game, wouldn't you? Wouldn't it make more sense to want to start a game strong than start off slow and have to sub this burst in? Wouldn't you rather be leading off the route? I don't know. I, I, I seriously don't get it, but... You know, this is a Syracuse team that's going to really need to get a lot of wins in the ACC to make the tournament. And I don't know how comfortable you feel right now about that. All starts against Pitt on December 30th. A huge game. at home. I, I mean, I, I think it's – I've said this multiple times, and it feels like you can say this a lot, but I, it is truly a big game and one of the bigger games of the season. Because it's a, it's a good Pitt team. I mean, it's a Pitt team with – I think the same record as Syracuse. It's a pit team that is in a very similar spot of the orange right now where, you know, they've beaten a, a power five team and they, you know, played pretty well against a couple pretty good basketball teams and have beaten the teams that they should have beaten. So it's two teams that have done the exact same thing, won every game that they're supposed to and lost every game that they're supposed to. Both played good ACC teams to start off. Uh, at the beginning of the month, Pitt played Clemson and lost by nine. Of course, Syracuse got destroyed by UVA, but I never thought Syracuse had a chance going into that game just based off matchups. But I, I think it's a massive game. Can you, if you're Syracuse, go into that game, go into the JMA Wireless Dome for a noon tip on December 30th and prove that, hey, you, you can't mess with us. We are going to be a force in the ACC 
We're going to be a tough team to play. You know what? We might not have a real center, but we are going to press you. We're going to force you to turn the ball over. We're going to play fast, and we're going to play fun. If you do that, then I'm excited about this Syracuse men's basketball team. If not, if they lose, I mean, you know, then you lose to Duke on the road, and after after you play Duke, and yes, you have BC, and then you go back, and you're at North Carolina, and you got Pitt and a good Miami team, and, you know, things start to go really downhill, and, and outside of a probable win against BC, you start off potentially, you know, one in five in conference play, which really starts to tank the season, and the morale goes down, and the hype around Autry goes down, and, you know, now you're... 10 and 8 on the season, and you're really looking uphill at making the tournament if you lose to Pitt. So, you know, this is a massive game against the Panthers. And it, it all starts with J.J. Starling. Like I said, he's got to make his threes, got to make his shots. And either Naheem McLeod has to show something, or at some point, you just have to make the change. Well, that's my thoughts on the Syracuse basketball win today. Again, back to football for one more second. As I think about it more, the more I truly don't care at all. Nothing that happened in that game affects anything for next season. It would have been nice to win, I guess. It's fun to win bowl games, right? But it really doesn't matter. Syracuse loses 45 to nothing in football. Basketball an eighty-three to seventy-one win. Well, thank you all so much for listening to this Fizz Insta reaction. After I, I said six hours, seven hours of Syracuse sports. The basketball tip off at five. I mean, it's after midnight right now. It's Fizz after dark. I'm starting to lose it. So that'll be all from me. Thank you all so much for tuning in. We've gonna we're gonna have coverage throughout all of basketball season and football recruiting and everything else you need to know about Syracuse on our website at orangefizz.net. So make sure to follow that all week and we will see you all on New Year's Eve, Eve, December 30th for the next Syracuse men's basketball game against Pitt. But again, we'll have coverage about everything leading up to that game in, I think, right about eight days. Well, have a great night, everyone. I'm Adam Gotkin saying goodbye and saying, as always, go Orange.